You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Um, first off, can we just talk about how you eat your sushi? <laughs> <laughs> Don't, can you say sushi? Sushi? Because I'm a two-year-old? No, sushi? Yes. How you unravel all of it and then like... Eat the inside? <laughs> you eat only the inside and then you keep the seaweed and the rice <laughs> and you just, just like lay laying there. <laughs> Listen, there's times where I'm like, you know what? That's just too much. I just can't eat all that rice right now. Oh, my so God. So I just, like, open it up and I just eat the inside. But I've never even seen you do that until recently. Like, I feel like you just started making that decision to no, eat I did. sushi that way. <laughs> I did it's like sure. me eating pizza and what I do with pizza. Yeah. So I just think that wh- whoever is um, privileged enough to ever see Krista eat sushi is definitely an experience. <laughs> yeah. Alexis literally walked by me and was like, that's ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't judge me. Sometimes I'll eat it whole. No, I think it's cute. I think it's definitely the child within you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that. Exactly. And then sometimes I'll go back if I'm like still hungry and I'll like tear off some of the rice and I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, today, today, this episode is going to be about understanding your triggers. Uh-huh. I think this is definitely going to be a very efficient um, episode. It's funny that we are going to be speaking on triggers today because... Um, I know recently I've been feeling triggered. I'm hella triggered. <laughs> I'm hella triggered. And then um, I've had some experience this week at work of people talking about triggers. And then, so this is going to be a really good episode. I'm Just, actually pretty excited for this one. Yes, everybody and their mama are triggered. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> like, feeling triggered out here and they don't even know what to do with it. They don't even know. Oh my goodness. Um, well, okay, so to start off the episode, like, I feel like there's probably some people that when you say triggers, they're probably like, what? Like, what even is that? Yeah, because that word is thrown around a lot, but Uh then people aren't really knowing what that is or what that means or what even what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. So how would you describe like what triggers are then? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So how I would, and this is just my experience with it, what I learned through therapy and what I've learned through my encounters with triggers, that's what me and Crystal will be speaking on in this episode is what we've learned, but then also putting our experience with it. Yeah. Like we're not a scientist. We don't know like how the brain chemically works, any of that. (laughs) So it's just based on experience and what we've learned through counseling. (laughs) Oh my God, I talk with my hands. So Whatever, if y'all heard, like, Krista, like, smashing her hands, it's because she keeps smashing her fingers into my mirror every time she talks. So if y'all hear that, it's hard to edit out, so honestly, I'm just going to forget about it. Just screw it. (laughs) No, because whenever we talk, like, my hand is going all the time, and it's just moving and moving and moving. I can't, I talk with my hands. Like, literally in the last episode, you kept doing that, and I'm like, I can't. I can't. So this is gonna take me hours. (laughs) So if y'all ever do hear that, honestly, just grace, okay? Yeah, you know what? It's like you're in here in the room with us. So whatever. Exactly. Having the full on experience. Anyway, anyways. Okay, so um, to get back on what triggers are. So what I would say, what triggers are. So triggers are an indicator to a past pain, right? Mm -hmm. So it brings you back to an emotional flashback to a past memory or a past pain. Triggers oftentimes can be a mild version of PTSD. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Mm -hmm. And then when we have a need that goes unmet, oftentimes it turns into a trigger. So let's say a lot of our pain stems from our needs uh, from our childhood 
that went unmet. So us as a child, if we had needs that our parents couldn't meet or something traumatic happens and that need was not met in that moment, it can eventually manifest or grow into a trigger Mm -hmm. as you get older or become an adult. So it brings you back to that childlike, um, to that childlike mindset of unsafety mm-hmm. or that need is never going to get met. Yeah. Just like basically the same feeling that you had as a child or even like when you were like in middle school or high school, like having that same feeling that you did, like you were, you were then. You exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. Also, I do want to say that there is a misconception with triggers um, that, and that's why it's thrown a- around a lot in mm-hmm. um, the, the way it is handled, triggers are handled. I do want to say that triggers are not an indicator that you are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And they also are not a reminder that you are broken. Triggers Mm -hmm. do not mean that you are broken or that you can't get healthy ever. Yeah. And that you're so far past unreachable to freedom. Triggers are also not an invitation to cast judgment. Mm-hmm. So judgment or de- belittling or demeaning someone while they're triggered or you doing that to yourself is actually not going to help that trigger at all. It will actually make it worse and potentially turn it into a cycle and make it even more of a bigger traumatic experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. And maybe eventually every time a trigger comes up, you just want to shut down and run away from it. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So I did want to make sure I added that in there because there's a lot of people that will react in that way when a trigger comes up or when, when they see a friend or a sibling or a family member or a significant other get trigger, like they don't know how to handle it. So they just cast judgment or belittle it. Mm -hmm. And that is not the thing to do. That's actually the worst thing you can do. And when a person is being triggered. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, just to piggyback off of what you said, like whenever I was thinking about what triggers are, I basically just said re-experiencing symptoms of the trauma that you've gone through in your life. Mm -hmm. And so trauma can be, trauma can look a bunch of different ways, right? Trauma can be something that was ongoing and constantly happened throughout your life. Trauma can be one certain event that happened. And when I say trauma, I mean, it's like, in the best way that I could explain it, like a problem that was like, um, emotionally disturbing or like life threatening in your perception. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like Alexis and I could have gone through the same thing and my perception could have been that it was emotionally disturbing, but she could have been okay. Right. Cause we perceive things differently. Mm-hmm. So then I later on could be triggered by certain events that are similar to the one that I had gone through, I guess. Mm-hmm. I also think that triggers aren't just, like, people's words. (laughs) They can be, like, a sound. Like, it can be, like, a smell of something. Mm -hmm. It can be a taste of something, right? There's so many different things. It just depends on the experience that that person has. Or when you hear a song, you get this same... (laughs) Like, I... And I feel this all the time. Like, I... When you hear a song that you haven't heard in a very, very long time and then you hear it after mm-hmm. a while and you get that same feeling that you got mm-hmm. when you first heard it back then. Yeah. Or you remember all those times. And sometimes this, and and most of the time since the trigger, like, it could be a negative feeling like, oh, I was fine just five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So why am I all of a sudden feeling like this? despair or this sadness or this pain or like why do I feel very off now (laughs) I feel in a mood you know like why yeah exactly exactly so that's like the basis of what we believe triggers are Mm -hmm. it's basically like bringing you back to a certain event and you might not always know what what like even when you're being triggered if you're not aware of them Mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to talk about and that's why triggers leading into that triggers have to be partnered with Mm self-awareness if you notice the theme here (laughs) almost everything goes back yes everything goes back to self-awareness and honestly it's just like 
asking yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like think of a time that something happened and and maybe your reaction was just major. Mm -hmm. And then have you ever thought afterwards, like after you cold off and be like, whoa, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Why did I just react in that way? Like that was so far off. And so in that moment, instead of just being, ah, whatever, no, 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 you need to dig in more and be like, no, seriously, why, what about that caused me to feel that way? Mm -hmm. Like, why did I react in that way? Yeah. What need was there that I felt like wasn't going to get met? Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. It comes from that childhood, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when I did, and this could be hard too, like people don't know when they are feeling triggered or how do I know when I am feeling triggered. And I know this could look different for so many people. I know in certain situations, depending on the trigger or what it is, how I know that I'm being triggered, it looks different. So for me, sometimes it looks like anger, like seeing red completely, you know, that, that, um, metaphor, that saying where it says, Oh, I just saw red and Mm -hmm. I just reacted like that is a trigger state emotion. Like Mm -hmm. that lets you know, like, Oh, I'm being triggered right now. You know, that's a sign. Or also it's like an emotional outburst. Like all of a sudden you just burst it out in emotion, like burst it out into tears. Mm-hmm. Or you burst it out into an aggressive communication. Yeah. Or you burst it out in whatever that emotion looks like. It just, it's an emotional burst to where you, it's like, you know, they say word vomit. Well, mm-hmm. now it's like emotional vomit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then, um... And it can actually, and when you do have those emotional bursts, it can actually um, be from the same intensity from when you first felt that trigger mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. And and that makes sense because a trigger is actually you reliving that pain or yeah. reliving that memory without you even realizing it. Yeah. Um, it's like your heart reliving it mm-hmm. without your mind knowing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so... And then also it can look like shutting down. Oh, I feel really triggered right now. So I just completely shut down. <laughs> I don't feel anything. That's weird. Yeah. Usually some people would, right? Like you're saying these thoughts in your head, but like, oh, I feel nothing. I shut down and I walked away. Yeah. You know, or it can also look like, um, paralyzed by the emotions you're feeling. Like you're in that, um, like fawn state. It's like, like with complex PTSD, it's, um, what are the four F's? Hold on. It's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Yeah. And I think fawn is one of those, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Flight is to like the protection from pain. So through escape. Mm -hmm. So like shutting down and like escaping or walking away and then fight, which I relate more to this is like, um, (laughs) self-preservation. So like protecting yourself through that pain, through aggressive communication or through conflict, you know, or through confrontation and then fawn or freeze, freeze is it. That's what it is. So freeze is where you're so frozen in that place of, um, emotion that you don't even know what to do with it. So you're like, would that be the shutdown? Well, shutdown is like, well, through my experience, I mean, people might yeah. have different experiences with it. But when I feel, if I ever do have that shutdown trigger um, emotion, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I really just don't feel anything. It's my way of escaping it all completely. Yeah. Even the feeling of pain. But with freeze, you feel all the emotions, like all the emotions is rushing up and it feels so under overwhelming Mm -hmm. that you just freeze and you're stuck in that pain. Like you feel like with me, I get like that. Like there's no release. There's no release. You're stuck in that forever. You do not feel safe. It feels Mm -hmm. so high stakes. Like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening all over again. What do I do? What do Mm -hmm. I do? And you just freeze and you feel so stuck and it's so... It's like you're reliving the trauma all over again, but it literally feels like a hundred times worse. That's so funny because like earlier, whenever I was just thinking about all this that we were going to talk about, um, I wrote down like, because I was like, why do triggers happen? Like, I mean, I have like theories and I wrote down, I said, uh, like, I believe that the brain might store memories different than like 
like, sorry, traumatic memories different than, like, just normal memories. Mm -hmm. And it, because whenever you have, when something happens, whether that's a sound, a smell, a taste, like a touch, a feeling, whatever, Mm -hmm. when something happens, it literally feels like it's currently happening to you all over again. Exactly. And that's why you have that trigger, that feeling, whatever your trigger may look like is because your body is like receiving and thinking that it's happening all over again. Yes. And that's like typically what a trigger can be. It's, it's that PTSD. It's, it's complex. And, and, and that's the thing. This is literally scientific. It's like your heart holds a different memory than your mind does. Mm-hmm. And because when we talk about pain, when we talk about, you know, getting self-aware and like, you know, we've talked about band-aids and wounds, like your body stores those memories. It Mm -hmm. really does. Your body, there is trauma in the body. I am actually reading a book about it right now, but, and so your mind, so the logical thinking, right? Like that's all logical, you know, the program, the core beliefs and, but the emotion that holds it. Where do we hold our emotions? Where do we hold our, you know, feelings? It's all in our heart. It's all in our body. And sometimes like how, you know, you're being triggered. I feel this too. I feel it physically. Mm -hmm. Like as if like it was happening to me physically all over again too. It's not just emotion. Like sometimes I feel a sharp pain in my heart Mm -hmm. and I feel like something is happening all over again, or I feel it in my tummy or like in my side, like, you know, it all goes into play because your your body, your heart holds a different memory. That's why when triggers come up, it's our it, it's that pain reminding us like, hey, something's wrong. Like something mm-hmm. actually is bothering me. Something's not right. Like please pay attention. Like stop using logic and your mind to cover it up with a band-aid. Mm-hmm. Like that's typically what we do. Like I need help, I need healing. But you're covering it up with logic when yeah. I need comfort and emotion and understanding and compassion. Mm-hmm. And usually with compassion, you have to give compassion emotionally, yeah. not logically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like Jesus used healing, his words, his comfort, his um, compassion. He used that all with feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Even though truth and all that, he brought it in with emotion. You know, too, his emotions led him to that truth or to that healing. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. But sometimes people just get misconstrued of, oh, but we have to slap logic on everything. But that's probably not what your body needs right now. And it needs to be nurtured, Mm -hmm. you know, when we especially when we're feeling triggered. Yeah. You need to dive into that and, and figure and try to figure out at least why, like why is my body feeling this way? Cause I'm not going to lie. Like before, and, and this all happened after I became self-aware. I promise you that journey is a journey you want to go on. Um, before I just would completely ignore them and I would not understand or know why I felt these things. I was just like, oh, okay, that's just what happens. It just is what it is. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it isn't just is what it is. Like you need to dive into that and, and it can be healed and you can start recognizing this pattern that you have. And instead of going into maybe you have a destructive pattern whenever you're, you know, triggered, instead of continuing in that, you can actually create change and help fix mm-hmm. that. I don't want to say fix, but help create a space where um, it's not as damaging. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say that. But, um, I remember cause so Alexis and I were kind of talking about like, how do you know when you're feeling triggered? Mm-hmm. And Alexis already spoke to how she knows when she's feeling triggered. And I remember when she asked me, I was like, oh my gosh, how do I know Krista? Like mm-hmm. I couldn't really put the words to it, mm-hmm. but after further deliberation, um, I realized that mainly for me, it's a mood change. Like. I like instantly, you're instantly, about instantly, yeah. instantly, <laughs> it's an instant mood change. And I think even like, cause Alexis has picked up on this so she can like tell like in my face, like I can't even pretend to like smile over it anymore. Cause she's like, what's wrong? Oh yeah. Even when you came here tonight, <laughs> like as soon as I opened the door, I knew I was like, Oh God, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. And it's just like mine is just instant mood changes or like just being in like a low, like sad mood. Like for me, that's, that's mainly the ways that I feel triggered. Um, there have been instances where I do feel it like in my body too. Um, but for me after really thinking about, you know, my past triggers and all that stuff and all my healing, that's, that's exactly how, um, I would know whenever I'm being triggered is just my sudden change in mood. Like it's literally like on a dime. Exactly. And that's the thing. Usually and most people are like this. I used to be like this. And sometimes it's really hard for mm-hmm. me to even commit now, but I try, but, and, but, um, I have to really work on it. But that's the thing. We like to run away from it. As soon as we get triggered, we're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Just move on. Just move on. Go, go, go. Like in that, when we do that, we actually abandon ourselves to what we need in that yeah. moment. We're actually recreating the cycle that, um, our parents did. And we are not meeting that need that we needed met a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And that is actually a great opportunity for when we do get triggered is to meet that need right then and there. Yeah. And I know it can be hard sometimes because we want to run away from that pain. That is very scary to relive a memory, especially depending on how traumatic it is. And it doesn't even have to be that traumatic. It meant something to you in that moment. It was so painful that it meant something to you that it left a scar, it left a wound. So it mattered. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but we want to run away from it because we do not know how to do deal with it. And so, Story but that's life. the thing. If you committed to your healing as much as you committed from running away from it, <laughs> yeah. then like that, that is where you could find freedom. If you committed as much as you are committed to running away. Yeah. Like you would find freedom and you would just thrive way more than you do now. As, yeah. as much as you can, you know? So it's just, it's funny because I'm like, huh, yep, I ran away. True. But the fact that I've committed myself and not abandoning myself and committed, I found healing a lot faster mm-hmm. than I, than honestly people, because people look at me and they're like, I'm very surprised of where your healing is at when <laughs> it hasn't even been that long of a time, you know? Yeah. In a short amount of time. Exactly. It's so funny because whenever you're talking about like, oh, how we run away, we run away, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that feels like home. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I like I did it for so long in my life. And there's still, I mean, I'm thinking about how long I actually started going on this journey of healing. I guess like a, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's still times where I'm like, you know, you could just do what we used to do, you know, like there's always that temptation. And then I'm literally like, no, because that left me feeling worse than I did before, you know, like it did not help at all. Like those were not strategies that helped me, you know, I just, it was a cover up Mm -hmm. so that to everybody else it looked like it helped, but inside it didn't. Well, and it's easier that way. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I, I, I really do get it. It's easier to not feel it and to say that you're happy when you're actually yeah really not. And when you say not feel it, like literally in my brain, I would convince myself that it's not actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't actually happen or I don't actually feel that way. Like I would convince myself. And so for me too, I genuinely, well, sort of believed that even though Somewhere deep down, it was like, no, Mm -hmm. that's not actually how you feel, (laughs) you know? And our brains are so powerful, though. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think everything connected, mind, body, heart, soul, emotions, all of that. I think it's all so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But they are all, like, separate, you know? Even though they're all connected. Mm -hmm. Wait, am I saying this right? I don't know. I feel like they're not separated. They're not separated. Okay. Right. Right. They're not separated. They're all connected. And I do believe the mind is a very beautiful, beautiful thing and Mm -hmm. a beautiful tool and is actually very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And instead of using our mind to abandon ourselves, we can actually use our mind and be like, hey, we're okay. I choose you in this moment. Mm -hmm. I don't understand fully what's going on right now. Yes, I'm scared, but... Let's tap into it. At least go a little bit in there, you know, because it will lead you to healing. Like, that's the whole point. Like, the main, like, goal of 
healing is to figure out where your heart still, the main goal of triggers is to figure out where your heart still needs healing in. So you can lead Mm -hmm. it into communion with Jesus. That's the whole point. And that's safety. Mm -hmm. That's what can make you feel safe in that moment when you feel that. Yeah. So do you have anything else? No, that's good. I do want to say like a positive about triggers and like, like what triggers can actually do for us is, um, it can identify what is going on inside us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it can also, um, it's understanding what is going on inside your heart and where it came from. Right. Mm-hmm. So where is that coming from? Where is that trigger coming from? Why do I feel that way? Where is this, where did this all start? And then, um, it lets you know where your heart is still honestly negatively affected. Like it lets you know where the hope deferred in your heart is at. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm feeling triggered about this word or about this um, thing that happened at work. Or I'm feeling triggered about this argument or about this statement that my spouse or significant other said mm-hmm. or my friend. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Why? Why does my heart feel that way? Yeah. And maybe there's a hope, a hopelessness in your heart in that, in the way about how that situation came about. Mm-hmm. And so like, for example, which I'm about to get vulnerable. <laughs> so to give you an example of the last time I was triggered, <laughs> um, so it was actually Like, this was, like, a real trigger that was actually happening in the moment. I felt like, I think this is one of the biggest triggers I felt in a while, actually. Mm -hmm. So, it happened this Sunday at church. (laughs) And, um, so, my church started, um, I go to a new church now, okay? I want to make that clear. Yeah. I go to a new church out in Dallas right now. And, um, they started a new series. And it is about relationships. So it's the relationship series, right? Mm -hmm. And where I'm at in my life, and I knew that they were going to start this series this Sunday, and I was so tempted to not go. Yeah. Because I didn't want to hear it. I've actually been avoiding any church sermons, any podcasts that I listened to, any books or videos that had anything to do with dating or relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for the past year now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to, um, connect to it, honestly. Um, because of just everything that has happened these past two years. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to re-explain it. You can just go back in our early episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so I was thinking about like, oh God, like I was literally having conversations with God. I was like, I'm probably not going to go to church this Sunday because I don't really want to. I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And they're doing the series for six weeks. So I was literally like, I'm going to skip out for six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like I'm not going. (laughs) Yeah. And then, but then my friend really wanted to go with me. She's heard about this church and she, I've talked, um, I've said great things about it. So she really wanted to go with me and she knew the series that was going to be talked about. And I was like, oh. And I was, like, literally just flat out telling God, God, I don't want to hear it. I really don't want to hear a sermon about relationships. Like, yeah. I don't want to go. Can I just go to worship and then leave? Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting. God told me, Alexis, do you think my word would ever be discouraging to you, to your heart? He was like, this word will be encouraging to you. It's not for me to condemn you or be demeaning to your experience in your life that you've had recently. Mm-hmm. This is going to be encouraging. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's really sweet, God, but I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but BS. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was a very honest conversation that I have with God. I mean, I do that every, I do that a lot. So he, he fills me. <laughs> yeah. He fills my He's cup. like, you just wait and see, sis, you know? <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I go to church and I was in such a good mood. Like I was very happy. Um, my friend went with me. I love her and we were worshiping. The worship was so good. And I was just, I was happy. Right. You know, I was, I was feeling good, feeling, feeling pretty, you know, sane. Um, and then, (laughs) um, once the sermon starts, the pastor gets up on there and he starts it and 
he starts talking about marriage and about like singles and if you're wanting to be married and um and the pastor has a good heart and there was no pressure but he he started asking like okay raise your hand if you're single and you want to get married and you have a desire to get married and i didn't want to raise my hand yeah like yes i'm single but i didn't want to raise my hand for the desire Mm-hmm. And my friend looked at me, and she was like, Alexis. And she knows me pretty well for how short of the time that we've known each other. But, And so I did raise my hand, but there was a part of me that was like, no. Like, I just don't care yeah. about men or dating or, you know, it was a, it was a very, you know, anyways. But, um, and all of a sudden he kept saying marriage and relationships and it was such a triggering word for me and i started like bursting in the into tears like just silently mm-hmm. like it wasn't like and i was like what the heck i was just fine like 5 minutes ago like i was literally so happy i was laughing like what is going on and i was like paralyzed in my emotions but then i started realizing where i was at and I started, I was like, no, I, this is safe. This is a safe space for me. So as he was talking, the words he was saying, um, they were encouraging. But mm-hmm. I was talking to God in the midst of this whole, you know, time mm-hmm. that was being. And I was like, why is this so triggering for me? Okay, surface level, I can answer that. Because of the, rela- the relationship that I was in. Right. And how much of a betrayal I have felt these past two years. And, um, there was a violation to my heart, to my trust, and also a violation to my body from the guy that I loved. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's a surf. Like, that's easy. I can answer that. And then I started having more conversations. I'm like, okay, what's deeper there though? Because it, it didn't start with him, my mm-hmm. ex. Right. I felt this way for a long time mm-hmm. before him. And I was like, and then I heard this little girl inside me come up because when the pastor, as he continued on with the sermon, he was like, him and his wife were on and off for six years Mm -hmm. and the whole, you know, stuff about their relationship and, um, the redeeming part and all that stuff. And I think I heard, I heard this little girl inside me say, is anyone ever going to love me? Mm -hmm. Like, is anyone ever going to truly love me? Is anyone ever going to choose me? And I heard that cry within myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, there is this little Lex who feels so abandoned, Mm -hmm. who feels like there was a need, there was a need as a little girl that went unmet. That she felt like nobody chose her. Mm-hmm. And she didn't feel loved. And she's still there. Like, she's still inside. And she needs to be nurtured. She needs to be reparented. So there's a part of me that honestly still believes that there's a love out there that I don't deserve. Or that mm-hmm. I'm not worthy of because I wasn't chosen when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I agreed with that vow when I was little, when I was six years old, seven years old, and I have been agreeing with it for 20 years now, mm-hmm. you know? And so, of course, that makes so much sense that when relationships got get brought up or marriages or redeeming stories, which is honestly amazing for those, those couples, like, that's so great. Um, but... There's this, like, hopelessness in me that doesn't feel like I deserve it. And I'll be honest, like, in that relationship, I even gave up on the thought of marriage because of all the shit that was going on. I felt like, honestly, I just don't deserve it. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't deserve it, so I might as well just, like, basically settle for this and what he's doing to me Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to get anything better. And I even agreed with that vow. And so in that moment, when I realized all these things coming up, that it wasn't just surface level anymore. It was actually this little girl who has just always just wanted to be loved, Mm -hmm. who just wanted someone to choose her, you know, and to not leave her. Exactly. 
And so it gave a perfect opportunity and that God made me realize like, Alexis, there's this little girl that you have been abandoning and you've allowed her to agree that nobody's going to love her. Mm-hmm. Can we give an opportunity to nurture her, to reparent her, to just understand that that makes so much sense mm-hmm. and that you understand her? Yeah. And that's the thing about triggers. It's not, it has to partner with validation. Absolutely. Like when you feel triggered, you really do have to partner with compassion first and understanding. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be fixed in that moment. Mm -mm. And that's the thing. God didn't like make me feel like I needed to be fixed in that moment. He actually wanted to love on me. He wanted me to love on myself. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to understand myself because he already understands me. Yeah. Right. I need to understand me and I need to understand where that is all coming from. Because he doesn't want me to feel hopeless about that situation because it's taking power over me. Mm-hmm. He wants me to feel powerful. Yeah, he doesn't want you to be stuck in that. Exactly. He wants me to be free from that. He wants mm-hmm. that actually he wants that wound in that little girl who never felt love to be healed. Yeah. You know, he wants me to thrive again. So and of course I wanted to abandon so freaking bad mm-hmm. because to feel so unloved and so unworthy that you felt like you deserved the way you were treated the past two years is very painful. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I had to speak to that lie. I didn't speak. I'll be honest. It wasn't quick for me. Like I did it later on in the day. Yeah. Um, and typically they're not quick fixes. Like they're not mm-hmm. quick things where I'm like, okay, yeah, I feel better now. No, that's yeah. not how that works. Well, it's not a fix at all. Like yeah. I literally had to sit with myself and be like, basically talk out loud, like speak it out loud and say, Alexis, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very sorry that you still feel like you don't deserve to be chosen or loved and that you don't feel worthy. And I think it makes a lot of sense with the experience um, that you've had in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to her and nurturing her and saying like, hey, I want you to know that I choose you, that God is right here and we, we choose you. Mm-hmm. And... um. I love you. You actually do deserve that. I'm sorry that you have felt violated with your body and your heart and with your trust. Not just these past two years, but your, in your life as a child. Mm-hmm. You felt violated. And um, I'm very sorry. You know, just stuff like really speaking to her with love mm-hmm. and compassion. Without any judgment at all. Or telling her, you need to be fixed. And then I also told her, hey, I want you to know that you're safe. Because... My worst fear is not ever feeling safe. Yeah. Like, I, I've i realized in my adult life, I have strived and done everything I can to feel safe. And in that fear of, oh my God, I just don't want to feel unsafe. I don't want to feel unsafe. I've actually self-sabotaged everything. And it ended up me feeling unsafe anyways. Yeah. Because I was so scared of the thought, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been searching for safety when all I could have just had it all along within myself and God. Mm -hmm. And even though relationships, um, that relationship series, I'm going to have to do this weekly because it's not just a one-time thing. Right. Um, uh, I... I'm going to have to keep choosing myself. And I think now, like, I am fine with just being with God. If I do, if I don't get married, like, I'm fine with it just being me and God. But I think what God was just trying to tell me was the root of that decision is based out of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. I want you to choose it out of freedom and hope. You know, he doesn't want me to feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. Even though... It's taken me a long time to just feel like Jesus is enough, and I'm actually proud of it Mm -hmm. Um, because Jesus is actually finally just enough for me, Um, but he doesn't ever want there to be. He wants me to be fully healed, right? Um, So I I just wanted to share that with y'all in that vulnerable place because triggers still happen to me, but I still had to talk myself through it. I still had to reparent myself. I still had to nurture that little girl within me because a trigger is this little, little human inside you. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just crying out and wanting her or his needs to be met again because they weren't. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love that you shared that because what I wrote down, I wrote down whenever I was thinking about it, I wrote down like steps. Like, what do I do whenever I'm triggered? Mm-hmm. And I wrote down steps. And literally as you're talking, I'm like, well, that's the first step. There was the second step. There was the third one. And there was a fourth one. Like, literally. So the first step that I wrote down is feel it. Mm-hmm. You can breathe through it. You can pause. But allowing yourself to feel it. Not shutting down. Not running away. Not doing any of that. The second step was to observe. And then ask yourself, like, why? Or, like, what caused me to act, think, feel this mm-hmm. way? Mm-hmm. The third one was reprogram, a.k.a. validate, like you were talking about. And then the final one, and this one might take forever, but it's release. Mm -hmm. It's releasing it. And just how Alexis was speaking about earlier, like how we hold stuff in our body, the final stage is to release it from your body. Like, to not hold on to it anymore. And that is something that, like will take a lot of practice and doing it's hard but it's a practice it is and i'm telling y'all i'm we are not sharing this wall this with y'all because we've we've our masters at it no no we are still in practice we are still learning it is still a struggle we are taking y'all on this journey with us so y'all can learn too we are still infants it is hard when you spent 20 years believing in something and been in this same habit Mm -hmm. and for you to just do it one moment and one hour out of the day and re-nurture something yeah you're going to have to do it again because you've been doing it decades and decades, proving yourself and abandoning yourself that, oh, no, you don't deserve love and you're through your actions, right? Yeah. So you have to keep doing it and you have to give yourself grace in that, that like, hey, Alexis, it's okay. We are yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. But listen, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Every time, I don't know. Okay. Humor me. <laughs> Every time... Like you say, you know, my little girl or like the little girl inside of me, like this is what I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) I'm imagining that as you were growing up Mm -hmm. at some point in your life when you were traumatized or whatever, it's almost like that emotional state stopped right there and never, never grew up with you. And then like, do you see what I'm saying? And then like two years later, you went through a different traumatic event. And so now this different emotional, you know, state stayed with you. And so that's what we mean. Like literally going back and being like, okay, this emotion of me not feeling good enough, whatever, not feeling like I'm worthy of love, like I will ever be loved. That's not like a six-year-old mindset right now. Yeah. Cause you've been stuck there. In <laughs> because that you've mindset. been, you've been stuck there for mm-hmm. 20 years right? You've been stuck in the six-year-old mindset for 20 years Mm -hmm. and you've just been like, oh no, it's okay. It's fine. Nah, nah, nothing's wrong with that. And then now you're like, oh my God. Okay. Hey, six-year-old, we need to grow up now. Like, let me nurture you. Let me free you. Yes, exactly. I I want you to set you free. Exactly. So when you say that, like literally I have like in my mind, just like pictures of like little Krista at different ages, (laughs) like where she's stuck. that's so true. Yeah. And you think of like, that brings me back to, um, I mean, this is scientific, too. We think of the, the woman who had 99 personalities. Mm-hmm. Those, those personalities were all created from a very traumatic experience yep. with her in her childhood that happened with her mother and father that was very abusive. Mm-hmm. And so she created this other person, literally this other personality so she won't have to remember that memory. So that personality was to protect her, and that's how she coped. Yeah. But it actually kept her stuck. But she actually called her arm, like her, her personalities, the different people living inside her, mm-hmm. which was a hundred people. Um, she called it her army because <sighs> that army that she created protected her yeah. from that pain and that abuse. Because it was actually very. There's a movie about it. And it's very, very sad. I learned about it in psychology and all that stuff. So that's why I know. But yeah, like it's, it's scientific. Like people will go to that extent Mm -hmm. to protect themselves Mm -hmm. and to keep that from getting out or that pain, you know, And, and that's how powerful we are. 
but there's healthier ways, right? Mm-hmm. There's safer ways, even though it, it's going to be hard regardless because healing is hard. It, it just is mm-hmm. sometimes. It's going to be hard, but you get freedom and you feel alive more as you continue to be committed to yourself. Honestly, that's what it really is mm-hmm. to stay consistent and committed to you. That's it right mm-hmm. there consistent and committed that's literally it in almost every single aspect in your life not even just mental health like literally anything in your life if you'll stay consistent and commit to yourself and choose yourself then you will get to where you want to be because you do deserve that yeah that little girl or that little boy who felt abandoned and unloved or powerless Mm -hmm. deserves to feel love again, deserves to feel like someone's going to choose them again, or deserves to feel powerful again. Like that was the whole point. Like that's what, that's the God's heart for us. And, um, I don't want to feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel bitter about when someone brings up marriage or when mm-hmm. someone brings up relationships, or I don't want to feel bitterness towards men. I really don't. And I have good um, men in my life, like good friends, mm-hmm. um, platonic friendships. Um, and I don't want to feel like this for all men. Like I know there's good men out there, but there's an emotion, my heart, like logically, I know there are good men out there. Mm-hmm. But in my heart, I don't believe it. Yeah. Cause and, of your experiences. Exactly. And that's deciphering and identifying that like, mm-hmm. okay, I know logically, but my emotions and my beliefs in my heart need to catch up with that. Yeah. So it's almost like, how do I connect my brain to my heart in order to understand that and have that communication? Exactly. How can I reprogram, reparent, re-nurture that, mm-hmm. you know, so I can feel more free. Exactly. And I think, do you have anything more to say? And then also I do want to give some, I do want to give some practical questions more like deeper into that of like what you can ask when you feel triggered. Cause I want to leave people off with something so Mm -hmm. they can go into the rest of their day or rest of their week or their lives and ask practical questions. So here's like practical questions you can ask yourself when you are feeling triggered. So first you can be like, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Right. Or why am I feeling this way? What does this trigger remind me of? And usually it'll be the first thought mm-hmm. or like you'll, you'll sense it. And maybe it might take you a while, but it, that's okay. Just be patient with yourself. This is going to be the first few times mm-hmm. and that's okay. You got to be patient. Yeah. Create, sa- create a space for it. Yeah. Right? And I want, like, I just want to add to that, like, it might take you a while to answer these questions mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, like for Alexis, she was like, I didn't have the answer to it right then and there. It's mm-hmm. after I've thought and processed it a little bit mm-hmm. more and dug deeper. Right. And may, and that's why you ask, maybe you ask more questions to get you to that. Mm-hmm. But you got to be patient with yourself. So you could ask, what about this makes me feel unsafe right now? Why am I feeling unsafe? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what does my heart need in order to feel safe in this, to mm-hmm. feel safe again? What does my heart need in order to stay connected to love in the midst of this? Where do I feel God in the midst of this? What is God doing in the midst of this? How can I give that to my heart right now? And so um, those are questions that you can ask. And also I do the reason why you ask those questions to identify it and then you ask follow-up questions of like, okay, since I don't want to be stuck here, Mm -hmm. since I don't want to stay in this emotional, hopeless place, how can I get connected back to love again? Mm -hmm. How can I get connected to hope again? Um, How can I get connected to God in the midst of this? Do I need to re-enter that memory, not alone, but with God again? Because that's what I have to do sometimes depending on the trigger and how big it it is. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to invite God into that memory because when we go back into a memory, right, it's like, well, God wants to renew that memory. God wants to bring truth to that memory because that's what redemption is all about. Mm -hmm. Going back in time and redeeming it. Yeah. And that's what you can do with memories because that's how powerful our brain is and that's how powerful our God is. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you ask those questions, 
what you can do next is you validate. Mm-hmm. Validate it all. Just spend some time. I don't want you to fix yourself. I don't want you to say like, okay, well, you need to do this. Da, da, da. No. Mm-hmm. Be with yourself in that moment. So validating looks like it's saying I am not drawing a conclusion about what these feelings say, but I am letting you know that they are valid. Validation isn't about being wrong or right. It's just you are valid in those feelings. Acknowledging. It's acknowledging those feelings and it's saying, hey, it actually does make sense. Because from your perspective, from what you believe, the way you respond to things, that makes sense to why you would think that. Yeah. So you're valid in them, Mm -hmm. right? That's all validation is. It isn't about being right or wrong. Right and wrong doesn't exist in validation. It's just you're valid. Yeah, especially because everybody's perception is different. So you can't really decipher what's right and what's wrong. Exactly. And then um, the goal is to understand and immediately bring in compassion. So Mm -hmm. bring in love, compassion. Don't bring in shame. Mm -hmm. Don't bring in self-judgment, okay? That creates a spiral. We don't want to do that. You don't deserve to hate yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So immediately bring love and compassion in that. Mm -hmm. And you'll find verbiage and more language for yourself as you continue to do that. And I will say the only person who can answer these questions the best and who can validate yourself the best is you. Yeah. Because you know yourself, right? Okay. Um, so I do want to remind yourself, self, self judgment is not your friend. It is not a good teacher, nor is it a good leader. Mm-hmm. So don't follow it. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, and then attune to your feelings. So bring harmony back into your feelings, attune to them, get connected, all that. Yeah. And then, um, and I want you to remind yourself that as you're validating yourself, You are understanding the wounded child within you to nurture him or her. You are reparenting in this moment. You are giving yourself that space. You are creating that safe space, Mm -hmm. going back in time and recreating it, right? So you are finally meeting that need for that child in that memory. Yeah. And that's the goal. Mm -hmm. That's what brings healing. That's the end goal, yeah. And, I mean, okay, I had just jotted some things down and it reminded right it reminded me of it whenever you were talking about that I wrote down like kind of what it looks like whenever you just kind of put your triggers on the backbone and like don't treat them mm-hmm. you know versus what it looks like whenever you're actually like being self-aware and attuning to it and treating it um and in a lot of it you just said so like untreated wounds triggers it looks like avoiding them mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it looks like self-content contempt or self-loathing, self-judgment, any of that. And it also looks like you have no protection, like it's unsafe. Whereas whenever you get to a point where you can start diving in and being self-aware and not just, um, you know, trying to pretend like they don't exist, it can look like engaging in them. Like we said, ask yourself why. Engage with it. Let yourself feel it. Um, it looks like self-compassion. <laughs> and it also looks like having strategies in order to cope with that feeling trigger whatever it is Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that's exactly what you just said yeah you have to feel it in order to heal it honey yeah like you you really do you do you you gotta push through and what you can say to yourself to encourage yourself is like you can remind yourself that you're strong Mm -hmm. that you can get through this and that strength doesn't look like not crying yeah or strength doesn't look like not being vulnerable Strength can look like a lot of things, and you can cry and still feel strong. You can, you know, still be vulnerable and still feel strong and have a lot of power and strength in that. Yeah, but I feel like that that goes with some misconceptions. Like, not crying and not being vulnerable has been idealized. And like, oh, this is what true strength is. And, And to me, from my experiences, and I'm sure you can say the same for yours, I feel more powerful and strong now than I ever did whenever I engaged in those Mm -hmm. kind of behaviors. Mm -hmm. I feel the most connected to myself than I ever have. Exactly. In my life. And it wasn't from me, like, doing the status quo. Yeah. I kid you not, us reading that damn book is Mm -hmm. what, what made me start thinking, like, oh my gosh, I am just, like, 
playing a role in this movie. I'm not actually living in, I'm not actually like living my life. Like I'm just letting it go by without me even being aware of anything that's happening within me at all, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, what's that book called? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Untethered soul. Untethered soul. Yeah. Untethered soul. Yes. So if you're interested, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of them where we had to like reread it. Cause like it went over our head, but if you are like, I have no clue how to get self-aware, just give that little book a little try. <laughs> yeah. And also if you ever do feel scared to continue on with this, like you can be your own cheerleader. Like mm-hmm. if you need someone to say, Hey, I believe in you, you're going to get through this or Hey, if you do go through this, I'm going to be right here when you get through it. You know, like you can mm-hmm. say that to yourself or confide and be vulnerable in somebody that you trust. Mm-hmm. And like, I had to do that with Krista, you know, yeah. like that's what, that's one of the things that got me through all my triggers. Mm-hmm. And maybe you invite someone into that trigger, you know, I know it's best like when we are feeling that emotional rush during a trigger, like it is best not to um, react and communicate in that Mm -hmm. moment to that person that you felt triggered by Mm -hmm. um, because just, you know, wisdom and stuff. Um, (laughs) So invite somebody else into it, you know, that isn't the one who triggered you. Right. And I do want to say your trigger is your own responsibility. Yeah. Nobody has power over you to make you feel something. Mm -hmm. And don't ever say to somebody, you made me feel this way. Mm -hmm. That person, you are giving your power away when you say that. Yeah. Okay. Nobody can make you feel anything. You have power over your emotions. So take responsibility over them. That doesn't mean you're weak. If you feel triggered by someone and you felt sad in a way, if someone said that. So if someone like, if you felt sad when someone said something, instead of saying, you made me feel this way, say, hey, I felt this way when you did this. Yeah. Just making, I mean, like for, for you and I, because we are best friends and we're so close, like that conversation can be had like, hey. I was triggered whenever you said this only because that opens that communication. Like, okay, well, I don't want to trigger my friend. So I'm going to be more careful whenever I'm around her. Although it's not my responsibility, Mm -hmm. but as somebody who loves you, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm helping you on this journey, not making it harder for you. you Right. You don't want to ever stay in a powerless mindset. So take your power back, Mm -hmm. own your triggers and take responsibility for them because now you have practical ways and practical tools on how to deal with them and what that looks like and how to identify and what questions to ask. Um, we also do want to give homework. This will probably be on our, um, Instagram, the re the real meaning of humanity Instagram. We do journal prompts, but we do want to say it on this episode. Um, we do like to do homework on here just to give ways to, um, help you in your week and in your healing journey Mm -hmm. throughout the week. So you could do this. It's always an encouragement and invitation. You don't have to do the homework. Um, you get to choose for yourself, but, um, you can do, you can pinpoint three to four main emotional triggers and identify them. (laughs) And, and it can be, it can look like this again. Like it can look like, Oh, I'm going to pinpoint what those emotions were, but you might not be able to identify like what the reason why is yet. So make sure you give yourself that time. And I know I already said that, but I'm just reiterating. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then the, um, second part of the homework is where is hope deferred in your heart? asking yourself that question Mm. and maybe you won't know that until you um, recognize what your trigger words are so maybe writing down what are your trigger words and writing down those words when you ask yourself that question and then after um, pinpointing all your trigger emotions where your hope is deferred at and then um, your trigger words after identifying all that You can spend time validating your emotions Mm -hmm. and giving compassion to yourself, not fixing yourself. Yeah. And I feel like compassion. Yeah. I feel like the reason why we, we keep saying not fixing is because fixing has a connotation of like something is broken Mm -hmm. and that's not what we're trying to say. It's not that something's broken. It's just something that 
to me in my head, it's just, it needs reprogramming. Yes. That's it's, a good word for it. I like yeah. That. I like reprogramming better because it's like, you're not broken and nothing needs to be fixed. It just needs to be reprogrammed. It needs to be shuffled around a little bit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. In other words, just to, um, echo what you said, like, I think of, to give it more language, I think of it as like, oh, there's just a wound that needs to be healed. Yeah. That's that it. wound isn't broken. No. It's not shattered. It can actually be renewed and healed. Yeah. So broken things. Yeah. You know, when you shatter a lamp, it, it can't, can't be yeah. healed. You know, mm-hmm. you have to get a new one. But with this one, it can be redeemed and, and being made new. And then, you know, it, it's healing. Yeah. Think about it like a physical wound. Like if I made a cut on my arm, it's going to heal itself. Exactly. Same thing. Mm-hmm. It can. Yeah. All right. Well, we love you guys. Yes. Um, if you ever want to, you know, just communicate to us and talk with us and sh- let us in on your stories and your triggers, um, you can reach us at the real meaning of humanity com, and you can email us through that way. Or you can always go to our Instagram, the real meaning of humanity and message us there. We do love y'all. Yes. We do believe in the- y'all. Y'all can do this. Y'all can get through this and know that when you do feel triggered, this is not a forever feeling. It's just a moment. It will pass, but you have to feel it in order to heal it. Yes, ma'am. Show enough, shoddy. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.